Welcome back to the Retail Darwin podcast, where we're exploring the evolution of retail. From WS Development, I'm Taylor West. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Karina Donoso to explore the evolution of the fitting room. The fitting room is a very personal experience that not only creates a feeling of vulnerability in a lot of people, but can make or break a sale. So to get started, let's just... Let's dive let's just, in. Let's just start. <laughs> so should we talk about it? Yeah. So some people are very nervous to try and close. They might be insecure about how they feel or, you know, and then there's the other person who's super excited. Maybe they're bringing their friends. Totally. They're putting music on. They're trying everything everywhere. How are retailers going to approach the fitting room? Yeah. From an experience standpoint, but also from a build out standpoint, how do you reach both of those consumers knowing that there's this whole gray area of person? Yep. Yep. Who, the, you know, the thing is too, is that we haven't in the past year and a half, the fitting rooms, most of them have been shut down. Yeah. So we retailers have had to think about selling product differently. So they were like, you know, what what was once the biggest conversion driver, which was try it on. You'll love it. It's going to look fabulous on you. Mm. All of a sudden it was like, sorry, you can't go in there. And so that was a different way that made every sales associate think about how they're going to sell clothes. So it was like, we'll drop it off at your house. You have the convenience of trying it on in your home. Or you can pick it up at the store and try it on again at your own at your own leisure. Or you're buying it and you feel confident that this size and this product is going to look good on you. And then if it doesn't, you come in an exchange and you're sort of having this back and forth, mm-hmm. um, which helps, I think, build a lot of relationships. But now that we have the opportunity to revisit, it's not even just coming out of the pandemic. It's also coming out of like, we're in a different state. The, few, the technology has evolved a lot since 2019. I think, you know, retailers have to be really savvy about also how they want their store experience to be. Is the fitting room even necessary anymore? So I think that's also another, you know, big question that a lot of people are considering when they're thinking about their store build out. Because as you know, Taylor, the fitting rooms take up a lot of square footage. Yep. Sellable space. Sellable space. So is it necessary? And so I think technology is playing a really big role on making it convenient and amplifying the customer experience in a positive way because they're able to take a tech, you know, take technology and use it to their advantage, whether it's changing the way that the fitting room lighting looks or mm-hmm. changing the way that you can connect with the sales associate. So those are those are things that I'm really excited about. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the smart mirror? So this was something that kind of like kicked off this whole evolution of the fitting room. Yeah. Now coming back post pandemic, fitting rooms are back, back to school. Everybody's here. Yep. What is needed from the smart mirror that has been lacking before? We see the lights, the dimming, Yeah. you know, press to find a sales associate, things like that. Yeah, I think the one thing that I loved about Neiman Marcus and Hudson Yards and mm-hmm. what they're doing with their smart mirror is that not only are they changing the lighting and the and sort of the the overall background so you know one thing for my sales back in my day when i did sales and how i still think about shopping and you know women need to feel their best they're t- not just women everyone needs to feel their best when they're trying on clothes you're you're going to get down to your your skimmies you're naked you're now trying on <laughs> Ryan's laughing at me but you are you're in a very vulnerable state you're trying on now a brand new piece of clothing and if you're close to liking it right you're like oh these are just a little tight or something mm-hmm. doesn't fit right you have to make it super convenient for them not to just give up Right. So what Hudson, what, what Neiman Marcus is doing is that they are able to now, it's almost like an intercon system that, that connects with the sales associate so they know that you need their attention. 
so that they're coming back then immediately and saying, hi, can I get you something? Versus you peeking your head out of the fitting room and being, hello, hello, can yeah, someone yeah, get yeah. me a right. size? And, you know, because as soon as you, when you do that, you've lost me. Like, I'm no, I don't have time for this. I'll just look online. Like, I was at a fast fashion store recently with my sister, with the baby, and I really wanted to get this dress and I needed to get a different size and I couldn't get to the woman because I was in the handicap fitting room because I had the baby, the stroller. Yep. She was all the way at the beginning of the entrance. She couldn't you get- You don't want to yell. I was like, am I going to bark at this lady? This is a fruit. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, do I just leave? My sister's like, I'll go find the size. And then it's like, that's like a needle in the haystack. So at this point, I'm online. I'm online right. in the fitting room trying to buy something. So you've lost my sale in the store. Not to say that the ecosystem of sales- matters in the same way, but it does. I mean, the stores really need those sales. So I think that retailers right now need to think really strategically about how they're converting clients and how they're making that transaction happen. And so when you can incorporate technology to um, work with the people that are in the store, I think there's a really great way to then better the client experience. Right, right, right. And I've, I've been seeing a lot of these stores that are kind of popping up here and there doing this like lounge setup mm -hmm. for their for their fitting rooms and really unique to not have a mirror in the actual dressing room. Have you encountered this? Yes. And I have a lot. I have, a, I have an opinion about that. Okay, same. Okay, what's yours? Well, I experienced it in my real life yeah. with my best friend, Millie. And the the product they were selling was very, like, unique and experimental. And there's all these straps and these dresses that I don't know where the slits go and, like, all this stuff. So I'm trying to wrangle it onto my body. And, and then I'm, like, looking, trying to see, does this look normal? I'm going to step out into a public area yeah. with all these other girls that I don't know who are very nice but still, like... It's embarrassing yeah. to then go run in front of a mirror and think, am I going to hate this or am I going to love it? And there were a couple where I was like, whoa, run back to the room. A couple that were like, this is great. And we had fun and we and we chatted with girls who were also trying on the same thing. And it was more of an experience. But where it falls flat is when you're not sure. And I think with those basics, it works. And when you're getting experimental, it doesn't. And you just touched on like five different emotions. Yeah, I, I it was, I was exhausted when I came out of there. Yeah. I, I did buy some things, but I was like, that was a lot. I need to go have like a tea. Yeah. So shopping can either be therapeutic in a good way or in a bad way. So your right. experience could be like, wow, I just feel like I blew out some, so much steam. I have all these new pieces. I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm healed. Or it's like, I need to sit down on the couch and talk to someone about yeah. my feelings because <laughs> I'm in a dark space. And when you are in a almost like a co-working fitting room where you have yeah. to like, you know, sort of leave your little booth to then interact with a mirror and make it sort of very community driven. It's risky. And I definitely think it's very generational. So like for me, that wouldn't be something I'm interested in. That would deter me from even trying it on. Mm -hmm. As soon as I go somewhere and they're like, they, there's not a, back in my day, there was a store called Delia's. Okay. It was a, I remember that store. It was Fabulous. Delia's was just a catalog. And when they went into the physical space, they actually had a fitting room that was like a locker room. Yeah. I remember going into the going into the store with my sister and I was like, wait, we're just gonna take our clothes off like in front of all these people. Oh my God. I've never felt so vulnerable and I was like, I'm all set with this. And I was like twelve and yeah. knew that that was in something. Like so I do think that a fitting room is a very personal space and retailers need to think about how they're making People just feel comfortable in that experience. I mean, one thing that I loved when you're in retail, you sometimes zone out your store so that you're optimizing, you know, yep. placement, 
you know, there's there's all this logic about where people should be. And I used to love working the fitting rooms because I knew how to connect with women and how to make them feel comfortable. And so as a manager, it was like, you know what, this is this is your big, this is where I knew that I was going to optimize on my conversions. So for me, it was when women would come out and they'd look at themselves and they, you know, every woman has a mirror pose, by the way, where they mm-hmm. stand in front of the mirror and they, they either have their arms on the hips or they'll just like, they'll move their shoulders back and you, they start to like, they, they're trying to like look at themselves and figure out if they like the way they look. And it's like terrible, especially mm-hmm. to watch it. You're just like, oh, this poor lady. And so you have to be their hype girl. You need to say to them, those make, oh my God, those make you look 10 pounds skinnier. Those jeans are so flattering on you. They look, have you looked at your butt? You're like adjusting the third, like the third mirror to really like give them the confidence, right? Because they are just like, do I buy this? We should not, retailers should not make it complicated for people to make a decision. Yep. And so it is our job, whether you are a mirror, <laughs> whether you are a sales associate to really coach people on how to make them feel confident in your clothes because they need to hear that confidence when they're wearing the product when they're not in front of the mirror or they're not in front of your sales associate it's that same sort of recognition oh no no I know I look good in this these jeans are okay so when they go home then they put it on and they go out and they show their family or friends it's like they already have the validation because someone told them they look good yep that's great so we mentioned a few retailers who are you seeing that are is doing it right so I think that the shopping experience is going to continuously change. But one store that I was in that I, I really loved was Reformation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you been in there yet? Yeah. I really loved that they sort of had this display of all of their products so that you can touch and feel what the, the dresses were looking like. But then you were able to pick and choose from almost their website, like what you wanted to try on. And then you go into their fitting room and it's this bureau of your chosen pieces in the sizes that you liked. And this, you know, person comes out from like, you know, almost like behind the scenes in the fitting room and they're giving you this this whole experience. It was, it was like, it's almost like Mr. Big, like when he comes out mm-hmm. and carries it, like trying on her shoes and she's like, oh my God. And Mr. Big's like, I know I did a re- like a really good thing. <laughs> and, you know, I loved that and I loved the fact that like I could plug in my phone, I can listen to my own music. It was really personalized and it made me feel like I was in the comfort of my own home, but I still had that hype girl that was telling me, this looks awesome on you. Also, they made it really comfortable to get different sizes. And so again, I think that when you're trying a brand for the first time and you don't know what the fit's like, it's so important that you have a space that allows you the time to really try what looks best on you. Because everyone knows that like maybe you go to the Gap and you're size X in Gap jeans when you go to, you know, Saks and you're trying on a J brand, a frame, like you could be totally something different. different. So you need the, you need someone to have patience to try those things on to understand what then the fit is like. So I felt like Reformation did an awesome job of giving me the space to feel comfortable and the convenience and also just like the vibe, right? Like I really loved the, like, my whole experience there. Really streamlined it as well. Yeah. And I know that Mango is doing something very similar with their mirrors and sort of like, I haven't been there personally, but I know that they're doing stuff in their Barcelona flagship store and their New York store. Mm -hmm. And, and they're doing more, um, they're taking the mirror on another level where you're really able to touch the mirror and interact with the mirror. And so I, I think that that kind of technology and integrating it into the store is it's modern it's fresh. It's it, and depending on who your customer is, it, it likely makes sense right now. Yeah. Another thing that I've noticed is 
staying on top of that technology and staying on top that it's working and it's operable. And, totally. You know, I, I, I've been in dressing rooms where, you know, the, the lights aren't working oh. or like the buzzers not, not activated and things like that. And then it just starts to fall apart and almost be worse than not having anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like there's dust on the floor. Like that's like my biggest oh, yeah. pet peeve. I like, I think like the fitting rooms are, so shopping is so public. And right. so when you get into the fitting room, it's really like your time alone to like experience what it is that you're trying. And be real with yourself and yes. honest. Yeah. Yes. And so that's why it needs to be a very comfortable environment. So I think if retailers can think about that when they're, you know, going back to your question about the design, yeah, so, you know, we can get, I think retailers can obviously get really crazy with technology right now and start to integrate those features, but you also can just simplify it and make a really beautiful environment that allows people to feel comfortable, that allows enough space, that allows a bench, the right hooks, the right lighting, um, those things go really far. And having a sales associate that's attentive and not so aggressive and, you know, checking in to see if they're, need new sizes and yeah. things like that. It, it, that. Those old school ways go a long way. Yeah. And it's probably so hard for a lot of sales associates. You know, you need a lot of people back there sometimes. We yeah. have a lot of turnaround and there's just clothes piling up. Ugh. I mean, it, it's probably a mess. So um, let's talk about the digital space, the digital try-on space. Yeah. So we're seeing virtual AR fitting rooms popping up where you can almost upload your picture, your measurements, um, and then see how the clothes look on you. There's a lot of benefits and there's a lot of things that still are to be worked on. Yeah. So first, I want to get your overall thoughts on this. I think I'm too old school for it to be something that I might adopt to. However, I think it's awesome. I think it's like, I think about like, it's like paper dolls for me. Like, Ryan, do you remember paper dolls? Like when you used to put have like, board, yeah. where they like, they were almost like cut out and you put them on like a body and you can change yeah. the, the different outfits. Like that's scholastic. Was it? I don't remember. It magazine. Very hard. Like I felt like I got it in like a thousand different like little books when I was a kid. I think that it's, the way of the future, okay. especially when it comes to, here's the biggest problem that people see with online shopping. They have the biggest returns. There is zero, there's a very, the conversion rate on online shopping is very, very low because most people, they look at these models who are paper thin dolls and then they get the clothing on and they're like, well, that's not what I thought it was gonna look like. And so there's constant returning. So that's why physical space is so important for retailers to have in their ecosystem because that's where you're going to have the highest conversion rate. Mm -hmm. So this AR feature, I think, is something that retailers are really excited about. But if it's not done right, it is going to fall flat and it's going to be weird. Like, I think it's going to take the customer a minute to feel comfortable, A, about sharing their data and their body image, like their body measurements, because you have to remember that then, then the retailer is going to have that data to think about then how they cut clothing in the future. So it could help the retailer in the future, but it also, it just depends what the resistance is from the, the consumer. Yeah. For me, privacy I'm, is a huge issue right now in all fronts. Thousand percent. So for me, I'm not excited. Like I, personally, that wouldn't drive me to uh, buy something online, especially that sounds like a, it's, it sounds like a lot of work to upload my measurements. Like, and right. I, and I do wonder like, what does that look like? Do you have to have a tape measure and literally like give the dimensions of your waist, your thighs, your hips, your ankles, like to really figure out what it looks like. 
you know, if you're one of the, I'm not an online shopper, um, which everyone knows about me. Um, the only online shopping that I do is the real, real. And I'm going to be, I'm not like, this isn't a plug for them. We're not like sponsoring them, but I'm a successful shopper there because I know what the clothes look like. I've seen in them real life. in real life. I've seen them on other people. I've seen the way they drape. I, I know that this is my size. Like, so if you have that background, I think that's where online shopping is successful. But the AR part of it, you know, I just think there's going to be a huge barrier of entry for people to, for retailers to get people to adapt to that. Yeah. And I think for me, for my generation, I'm still hooked on like, I want to see what things look like on influencers and I want to follow the girls that look like me. Totally. And that's how I'm going to convert. And it's not going to be, you know, like a stick figure of myself that's very rigid on the internet, you know. Cause, yeah. Because also then you're just going to not be able to tell how the clothes look in different settings and whatnot. So I'd much rather see, you know, a top in New York and then think, oh, I'm going to wear that to dinner tomorrow night in Seaport. Totally. The whole thing. So I feel like there's a lot to be developed there. Um, you made a great point a, a, a little while ago about how it might actually convert in-store sales, if anything. Yes. Yes. I think it will help drive customer. Well, one thing it would probably do for me is like, I'd be so frustrated that I'm like, all right, I'm going to the store to try this on. I, right. I can't be bothered with this. But you know, you made a good point. Generationally, this is going to be for a certain person. Like my mom, who's a boomer, is not, she's six, 67 years old. There's no way that she's going to type in her measurements or have the patience to do that. Right. You know, Gap also has they're experimenting with a AR application. So when you're in store, instead of going into the fitting room, like on your phone in Gap, they're testing this you know idea that you can just see what it would look like in real life in the store. Mm. Now, my mom's an avid Gap customer. I cannot see Lorraine now plugging in her size. <laughs> so she'd rather just wait in line in the fitting room. So, you know, I think that depending on who you are, this could be something that works for you. But yeah, you and know, as the digitally native groups evolve and get older, you know, yes. they will become the ages of the boomers and this will be the old way. A hundred percent. And I think you touched on a really important point, which is that influencers, and we talked a lot about this on our first podcast, like they have such an impact on the way in which we shop. And that is still very impactful for my generation. I am obsessed with seeing user generated content to understand how things are going to look like on me or to even see how products are used in real life. And that's my way of testing it. It's right. it's my test drive. So that's, you know, I think if retailers can still invest on making smart decisions about who they have as influencers, trying on their product and giving real-time feedback, I think that's going to be a huge way for them to increase their conversion. Yeah. I got something else to tell you. What? <laughs> so when, when you guys mentioned that you were going to do this about dressing rooms. <laughs> Look at his face. Um, so when I was young, my mom, she'd bring me shopping. I would spend hours sitting on the floor in a dressing room, hours. And just looking at my mom, telling her if something looked good or not looked good. And you know, back then we didn't have tablets to play with or, or yeah. anything. So I literally was just sitting on a, on a dressing room floor a lot. And it made me like, not like to shop yeah. back then. So even I think maybe as an adult now, when I go to stores, I like to find stuff that I think is gonna fit. If they have a dressing room and it's close by and I've been in there before, I'll grab the clothes and I'll grab a couple different sizes of the things and I'll go in there, I'll try things on and then anything I don't like, I normally don't go back out and get a different size because it's yeah. just too- You're just over it. Yeah. And then, 
So I'll just leave it and then I'll just take what I got and take it as like, up. Oh, this is what I got today. Yep. And then other times, if there's no dressing room, I'll just grab a bunch of stuff and then either I'll return the stuff if it doesn't fit or it just literally sits with the tag on it in my closet. Well, it's, it's so interesting because he's, the, you know, it's great to have a male perspective. And even like my husband's an avid Bonobos client. And that is strictly online shopping, but we don't just buy online. We actually only go into the store right. because he's like a try on guy. Like yeah. he wants to see how it fits. And then like, you know, the sales associates even say to us, well, we'll save this. You're, we'll save your information so that you can order your future purchases online. And my husband's like, I'm not gonna do, I right. shop once a year. Like right, this yeah, is, like with me. Yeah. yeah, men usually do like a big shop a year. They get their, all their basics covered yeah. and you know, their wives are, you know, significant others are throwing out their old, you know, stuff donating yeah. it but you know i think it's it's something you know interesting that even men these days are still liking the in-store experience yeah for sure if i put it on in the dressing room and it looks good guaranteed i'm wearing it for the next year yeah. but if i put it on in the dressing room and i'm like eh, i'm not even taking it home because i know that when i get home i'll never wear it yeah it's like it also speaks to how your experiences when you were younger yeah. shape yeah. Your habits when you're older, sure. you know, totally. So maybe that's something to think about as well from a retailer perspective mm. is how do we make it enjoyable for those who aren't trying on clothes, mm. you know? Yeah. Exactly. And that's probably where they were going. I would imagine with the lounge that I spoke about earlier, yeah. you know, leaving areas for significant others, for yeah. parents, for children to kind of sit, but that waiting period might actually impact a future consumer. Well, the, the living room, the store living room concept came from that so that, you know, mm -hmm. significant others can sit and basically have a space that they can wait for their, you know, significant others to try and close. So they, you know, and it's funny because, you know, back in my retail days, I used to hide coloring books so that when the kids come and they're like, their mothers wanted to try things on, I would actually give the kid a coloring book or I'd play like, I wouldn't play tag, but I would do like freeze dance with them, something to occupy them because, hey, if this, if the mom is having a good time and she's feeling good and her kid is happy, then it's going to also help my sales. So mm -hmm. tidbit, freeze dance is a great, <laughs> freeze dance, got it. Freeze dance is a great way to burn calories and have fun with kids during the try on period. That's awesome. Have you ever seen the Instagram account, uh, Boyfriends of Glossier? Yes. Love that account. So there's a really funny Instagram called Miserable Men and it's just men at retail stores sitting there waiting for their significant others. Look at this guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that, that's what it looks like every single time I go into HomeSense or <laughs> one of those other stores. Because I know whatever I like is not going to get paid. It's whatever she wants. Is, is she, so I'll just sit down and be like, let me know when we're I, buying it. I showed <laughs> we'll this, it. I showed this account to my husband. He goes, I feel like I, I really relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Oh, the logo. <laughs> the logo. <laughs> I went to the Nike store that they opened here at Chestnut Hill. Oh, Nike, I love it. Nike on the run. Nike on the run. Yeah, Nike on the run. And when I went in there, I got a pair of Jordans because they were of course. nice there. And Jordans. Yeah. And it was my birthday, so I was like splurging a little bit. And I was like, all right. Are you me. a Leo? I am a Leo. Happy birthday. Thank you. Are you a Leo? No, I'm a Pisces. Okay. Taylor's I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're all very compatible. I, yeah, yes, yes, we are. Um, and so when I went in there, I, I also wanted to get like a, a pullover hoodie. It's like a like one of those old starter jackets looking mm -hmm. ones with like a, you have to pull it over and it has like the little pocket in the front. Yeah. But I was like, I'm it was like 200 bucks. I was like, I'm going to try this on if I'm, totally. I'm not going to bring this home and bring it back, even though we work right here. But so I went in there and somebody brought me in and they showed me all the different buttons on the wall. I was like, hey, if you're out for a night jog, this is the lighting. 
This is what it looks like I in like in, in your house. Like I can't remember exactly what the button said, but it was cool to be able to change the buttons on yeah. there and, and, and get a couple of different like looks of what it looks like with me on. And I bought it. Yeah. Because you love the way you look. Yeah. And you it, gotta it, it love helped. the way you look. Exactly. On that night run. Exactly. <laughs> and I got to wear it last night and today because it's been raining. It's a great rain jacket as well. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. I do think lighting plays such a big part on the way the, the way in which you feel when you're trying on clothes, which is why lighting technology has made such an impact in the way that retailers are thinking about their their store build outs. Because bad lighting, bad mirrors. I mean, how many times have you ever heard a woman be like, Is this a fat mirror? Is yeah. this a skinny mirror? I mean, that was like, I felt like every woman that ever would stop at like at the intermix on Newberry Street and I would hear her like look, like see her do her look in the mirror and then she would judge herself. And I'm like, no, you look beautiful. Like it's not, you know, it's, it's well, a everybody normal Everybody approaches it. Most people approach themselves with a negative bias. Of course. So breaking that is going to be, you know. I think positive affirmations that retailers put in their fitting rooms, like with vinyl, like little like. Oh, you, little cute things. Like you look fabulous. Like even though they're Instagram moments, I think they also go a long way mentally for people. Yeah. Just reinforcing positive. We should call this podcast The Fitting Room. Smoke and Mirrors. Smoke, Smoke and Mirrors. Yes. That's what it should be called. That's what it should be called. <laughs> Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the a science good of the fitting room. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Thanks for listening in today. Follow along with us as we continue to explore the evolution of retail at theretaildarwin.com and on Instagram at theretaildarwin.